Welcome back to The Postscript, the podcast about films where the discourse ended with an ellipsis rather than a period. I'm Chris Hall. I'm Sebastian. And this is Mateo. And on this podcast, we will be reassessing films of recent memory where the discourse was left unsettled. We will try to provide more definitive takes on films that generated a lot of buzz upon release, but their reputations have since become a bit murky. Movies that make you ask, where are they now? Last week, we, at, at our own peril, discussed 2019's Joker, where we cautiously, but still pretty confidently, said that even though the film doesn't always uh, pull from its influences as effectively as it could, and maybe doesn't communicate many clear intellectual ideas of its own, the sheer level of filmmaking craft on display in almost every area is, dare we say, undeniably solid, and makes the film kind of a success. Sue us, sue us. This week, in in honor of David Fincher's new film, The Killer, releasing on Netflix this Friday, we will be covering his 2008 film, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. My name is Benjamin Button, and I was born under unusual circumstances. While everybody else was aging, I was getting younger, all alone. Benjamin. This is my granddaughter, Daisy. Are you sick? They said I was gonna die soon, but maybe not. You're odd. You got your sea legs above. What's the trailer for this movie even like? Dude, I, I was gonna say, I, 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 I have no memories. I, I have memories of like some like the ads and stuff, which we'll get to, but like. I, I have no memory of like what Bro, I don't I don't know trailer. anything. I don't know the actors. I haven't seen a single shot from this movie. Yeah. Like, what? About, like, Wait, what? Like, okay, that's, that's a crazy. I don't know what this movie looks like. I don't yeah. even know what like, <laughs> the color palette is. It's insane. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, we're, we were so bad. <laughs> okay, this Yeah. <laughs> we're this, so bad. <laughs> this film, which is loosely based on a short story of the same name by F. Scott Fitzgerald, follows Benjamin Button, played by Brad Pitt who is born as an elderly man and ages in reverse. And we follow his life and relationship with his love interest, uh, played by Kate Blanchett. None of us have seen this movie. This, this is postscript history. Not a single one of us have actually ever seen this film before. Uh, and, and personally, this is the only Fincher movie I haven't seen. So that's <laughs> something to keep in mind, you know, as we're talking about it and setting the table. And, and again, I think that's interesting. And I think that says a lot about this film that like, for a, uh, a director as well known as Fincher, and, and you know, between the three of us, we have seen so many of his works that this is the one that kind of fell through the cracks for a lot of us. And I want to say that the deeper I got into researching this movie for the pod and you know, do, doing some pod prep, the less its existence made sense. <laughs> to, to me, like it's like I am I am baffled by so many things about this movie. What do you guys think the budget for this film was? This this is a soft fantasy, you know, romantic drama based on a short story what do you think the budget was if you've seen it uh you know let me know but what do you think i mean okay i'm gonna say so i know it's you know kate blanchett brad pitt movie stars Mm -hmm. and it's is it it's like a period piece so like yeah yeah a bit i don't know 50 million that's my guess what do you think sub 30 the budget was 150 million dollars what yes yes holy crap that's unbelievable. $150 I would, million yeah. dollar budget. But the thing is, the movie made $340 million. What? <laughs> I know. Like, and what? I know this movie is long. I know this movie is like three, three hour long. movie. Three hour movie. That's What's bonkers. going on? 
What what was happening in 2008? Got take me back. Cheat codes. Cheat yeah. codes. <laughs> yeah, that you're take, not a real movie. Truly take it. <laughs> freaking money laundering or something, guys. I mean, take, <laughs> which I Fincher mean, was I, doing some black magic again. And, and I think I mean I you know we can probably guess why how it got people in, in seats, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. And the film nominated for 13 Oscars. The record was 14. Like that's like this film. Like, wow. they're like the record for like most Oscar nominations by any film. There's only one more than this. Okay, I, I want to say this. I want to say this because I just looked it up. I, I just did some quick googling. Iron Man came out also in 2008. This movie has a bigger budget than Iron Man. Wow, <laughs> that's hilarious. That, that is bonkers. That's a great. That's a great trivia fact right there. That's insane. And and a, a little bit of context. 2008 wasn't. From like a, like a prestige studio standpoint, not the strongest year for <laughs> for for the Oscars. Um, like the other nominees were Slumdog Millionaire, which won Frost, Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. Yeah, no. not exactly a murderer's road that Benjamin Button was going up against. And I will say this Oscar year was kind of the reason. Like this 2008 was the reason they like expanded to ten nominees for Best Picture because The Dark Knight like didn't get a Best Picture nominee. <laughs> like that is. That is the kind of like looking back that that's how it's seen is because that was kind of like the most in every single successful film. The movie of the year. That 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 was the kind of 2008 film and like it got nominated for like a bunch of like below the line stuff and Heath Ledger won, but didn't get best picture nominated. And it would have been the most Oscars thing in the world to give Fincher his best directing Oscar for Benjamin Button, like of all the Fincher movies. Yeah, but I don't know. I kind of like Frost Nixon. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen it. No, it, it might be good. Um, yeah, no. Frost I mean, Nixon postscript. Ron Howard, right? Like, next. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. I kind of like that movie. I don't know. I'm sure it's sturdy, as is the Ron Howard fashion. Um, mm. that being said, if you didn't know who David Fincher was, you may think based off these numbers that I just said, like you would think this was one of, if not his most successful film, right? But that's the thing about this movie is that. Even with its successes, if you look at Fincher's filmography, it's the one that, maybe aside from Alien 3, but we won't, we won't count that, it's probably the one that sticks out most like a sore thumb, right? Because for, for those who aren't familiar, Fincher is, is best known for, for, kind of for his genre films, you know, often thrillers, and, and his work in television centered around, broadly speaking, violent crimes, right? Stories concerning these violent crimes, violent people, um, often ser- serial killers, right? He, so he directed Fight Club, Gone Girl, Seven, and those three in that order are his top three most seen on Letterboxd, um, as well as Zodiac, Mindhunter, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. He's very interested in the psychology you know, of violence, aggression, against serial killers, as well as themes of like obsession and, and procedure. And, and so the killer's new movie coming out is seen very much so as like a, a return to like his bag. Again, it, it's about a hitman, and he was like obsessed with like doing his job and like doing it right and, and all these things. And like, and in the trailer for that uh, movie, when it says from David Fincher and it says from the director of Seven Gone Girl, um, Fight Club, like, you know, it's definitely leaning into that side of his filmmaking. But those last two themes I mentioned, like obsession and procedure, those kind of help uh, inform like, other notable films of his, uh, specifically uh, The Social Network and Mank, both of which follow very complex and successful real-life figures. So even if those aren't crime movies, you can kind of see, like, the, the Fincher through line and where, where his interest in those movies are. And another interesting tidbit, Fincher has been nominated for Best Director three times at the Oscars, and none of them 
are, are for any of his genre movies. They're, they're again, like all of them are for his non-genre films. They're, like he got uh, nominated for Benjamin Button, The Social Network, and Mank, which is very, very interesting because those, uh, other than Social Network, again, those aren't exactly the ones he's like most remembered for, right? This probably says more about like the Academy and the way they're kind of like pretentious about <laughs> genre films sometimes, right? And then we have The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which at first glance doesn't have much in common with any of these films. And I feel pretty confident saying that this is definitely, I, I would say, his least discussed film in, in terms of merit and filmmaking quality. Because it was also, in terms of like release date, it was sandwiched in between Zodiac and The Social Network, which are pretty widely considered maybe his two best films, right, in, in terms of pure quality. But that doesn't mean Benjamin Button is his most underseen or even his least remembered. I mean, on Letterboxd, it, like, it has more logs than Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Game, Panic Room, Mank, which is very interesting. And as we saw, it did well at the box office. And, and this is likely, at least partly due to the fact that this is this film is an, another example of a type of film that, that we cover a lot on this podcast, and, and that is the gimmick movie, right? And these yeah. are, we define these mm. as movies that garnered attention with flashy, memorable devices, either in their filmmaking and or their premise. Like a Birdman, for example, a movie we covered, uh, a good example of this film, because like on the filmmaking side, there was so much buzz surrounding, you know, like the, it being like a wonder, like the way it was shot, the buzz surrounding that buried a lot of discourse about like the film itself. And in this case, the aging in reverse mechanic, uh, it's, I mean, it's a great hook and it's definitely an attention getter. And, and frankly, I think more people than you think are aware of the Benjamin Button mechanic, you know? Like, I, I mean, I, I remember- Oh, no, I, for sure. Yeah, I, absolutely. Like, I think people who have not seen this movie, I think most people, like, you tell them, like, oh, Benjamin Button disease, and, like, oh, <laughs> it's, like, where you age backwards. Like, I think no, people exactly. are very familiar with that premise. And it's not like the short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald is, like, particularly, uh, yeah. like, massive. It's not like it's like, Gatsby or something, yeah. No, yeah, like, yeah. it's just people just remember the movie. No, exactly. And, and, and I think, like, similar to, to Shutter Island, um, like in the way that that movie, it's like there are a lot of people who don't really know who Scorsese is, love that movie, you know, like people who aren't familiar with him love yeah. that film. I think there are definitely people who don't really know who David Fincher is, but are familiar with the like person is born as an old man movie, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I remember being like eight years old, seeing TV spots for this film and like my entire family going, huh? Like what? He what? <laughs> Again, it's a hook. Like people remember. It's pretty hard to forget. But even for people that are into movies, this is definitely the Fincher film that someone is most likely to forget was directed by Fincher, you know? Not even in just, like, a subject matter sense, but the fact that Fincher movies are usually, like, tonally, like, pretty bleak. And, and I mean, a, lo a lot of downers, for sure, in, in Fincher world, and the colors are often pretty, like, desaturated. But this one is noted for being his most, like, heartful, like, like being for being his most heartfelt and kind of, like, saccharine like, and sweet film. So I do think in the post game we will talk about, you know, where we found Fincher's DNA the most in our watching through both the story and the filmmaking, like where we go, oh, this is very Finchery. But after looking a little closer in from what I've gathered and read about the film, I can definitely see some through lines in this film with some of his other work, just kind of broadly speaking, because Fincher has always been very interested in, in pushing visual effects like like to their limit you know and using the full capacity of like the technology available at the time this is probably where like the budget kind of ballooned um because like what he accomplishes with like the benjamin button character and, and like in aging and de-aging brad pitt i know it's supposed to be like pretty remarkable especially for 2008 i, I mean and, i mean the film the film won best visual effects at the oscars um, alongside best makeup and art direction 
And Infinter is also known for all of his work, especially, especially in like Mindhunter and stuff and like his period piece work for containing way more visual effects than you realize. Like, like, and there, there's some great, like, I highly recommend looking up some, like, Fincher behind the scenes videos, again, especially for Mindhunter, because, like, it will blow your mind, like, what you're seeing on screen is actually visual effects, and, like, it, it's baffling, and you may think it's unnecessary, but, but he does this all for the sake of having as much control over the frame as possible, both in terms, of, like, an informational and, like, accuracy sense, and also just aesthetically, and I was also reading someone talking about Fincher's interest and fascination with just, like, bodies and the way they can be transformed and deformed, and uh, now how meticulous he is with movement, and that applies here for obvious reasons with the whole, like, aging aspect, and, or the anti-aging in this case, and, and how, like, I think Kate Blanchett's character is, like, a dancer in this film, and so uh, something, you know, that's something I'll definitely, like, kind of look for in this movie while watching, and, you know, and even though the flashy premise of this movie has become, like, the legacy of this film more than anything else, I, I don't think we're watching this film to see, like, if it's good or not, you know? Because every Fincher film is made with such a like high level of care and precision in the craft that like the the floor of quality always remains pretty high. You know, so more than anything, I'm very curious to see again how this film fits into his filmography and try to parse what exactly drew him to it and and what is truly worth remembering from this film. So that being said. Usually around this point, you know, like we, we, we talk about, I throw it to you guys and we talk about like what our first experiences with this film were, like when, when, when we first watched it. But again, none of us have seen, <laughs> none of us have seen this film, <laughs> right? So, but still, I want to talk about what were, like, what experiences do you guys have with this movie at all? Like, do you have any? Do you remember it when it came out? Have you had conversations with people about this film? Like, what's, what's going on in your heads right now? Mine might be the quickest to get out of the way. I don't have <laughs> anything with this movie there's no history uh now i don't know if i've looked up the word benjamin button once in my life i know <laughs> what it is yeah but you know like because we talked about like the term itself kind of transcending the film itself so i was always aware i was aware it's a finger film i i mean like like all of us i guess there was no like burning like desire to watch it only because like, people don't talk about this movie it's just like a, yeah there's you know, no something. discourse yeah. It had its time, I guess, in 2008, and it, it just almost dissipated. Like, it's just not something you really bring up in terms of movie discussion. You talk about it as something, it did something with the old Benjamin Button term, but like, that's it. Right. Brad Pitt's, you know, performance in it, I don't really hear people talk about. I don't, I mean, there's just a lot that, you know, I feel like is in this film that is has been lost to time. And I'm really curious going in mm -hmm. what this movie can show me because like i said i know nothing yeah. like it's, i haven't i haven't seen a single frame from this film i don't know any lines i just that's know crazy. about the de-aging thing which is crazy like it's that's a three-hour film and it's gonna be all new for me so that's, <laughs> that's because and that's so unlike fincher because again because i mean because you know you like fincher you've seen a lot of his movies yeah, it's yeah. not like you you aren't interested in fincher. i've seen most of his films i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm makeless that i know that but like beyond that makeless <laughs> yeah. and, and the thing about fincher movies is like there he has so many that were maybe like a little more tepidly received in the moment like um like girl with the dragon tattoo even zodiac to an extent or or like yeah. fight club that like you know had legs in like it's you know life post theater release I'm trying to say that Fincher movies typically age very, very well. And like, and kind of like, even if they weren't like huge in the moment, 
typically remain and like persist in like in film discussions like or, or even just like on your twitter timeline of like people posting clips like i, I will see so many clips and images from almost from pretty much every other fincher film like even alien yeah. 3 in a way like they they remain yeah. in the zeitgeist and, and usually gradually kind of gain uh respect you know or or, or, or reverence as more time goes on mm-hmm. it's not that like people have soured on benjamin button it just it's not even like in like the test bank it's like not even in like yeah it's not even in like the pool of conversation which is just so 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 fascinating right like i, I doubt he like you know cut corners on it it's fincher like you know he was no. probably a perfectionist on this more than just as much as anything else but but mateo what about you okay so i do actually so i want to talk a little bit about the reception to the movie because okay again i also haven't seen it i've also seen less fincher than you guys mm-hmm. so i'm maybe less like and i've also seen like kind of like weird fincher movies like i haven't seen like fight club or seven but i've seen mank and Panic Room. <laughs> so, he, he is not right. mankless yeah <laughs> that's interesting yeah I, I i live in the i live in the weird world of uh of the off-year david finchers so and i i do tend to enjoy them so i think I, i'm excited to see uh how he approaches like the character study because i i really like the job that he did with that on mank mm-hmm. in kind of mm-hmm. like a slower paced more right. dialogue heavy uh domain but there's also like the critical reception to this movie seems to have been largely positive at the time but yeah there also were some detractors even then like uh you know the the late great roger ebert kind of what was a little like he he sort of described the movie as like like the premise kind of like undermines the seriousness of it and he thought that mm. like the de-aging element made it hard to hard to like sympathize with the characters and like mm. hard for the movie's themes to like resonate which i think yeah. is an interesting interesting criticism like there definitely were people who thought it was corny i think maybe yeah. because and, i know it, it is a very again in an unfinturary way like very like sentimental you know yeah and like scrolling through the uh scrolling through the letterboxed kind of like my friends like right who you know for lack of a better for lack of a better word or or for the most part like my compass for like deciding if i want to watch a movie or not i really right. kind of trust my in the opinion of my friends more than like random strangers but mm-hmm. a lot of like kind of like mixed or like middling mm. thoughts about this movie mm-hmm. so i i'm just interested to see like what what makes this movie different from like the rest of fincher which tends to be kind of like un you know kind of uncontroversially like praised like what right what where did where, where did where did this go wrong for people to <laughs> like, it's like, do you, kind of, like, was it just a like, you know, you're going into a Fincher movie expecting one thing, and like, but and then you discover yeah. he's doing something like he, he's breaking out of his, you know, comfort zone. He's doing something much different, or just because I remember on the Gravity Pod we talked about how like if like if you see someone's Quaron rankings and you see Gravity at like number one, you're like, bro, what? Like, what? Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? And which is you know the legacy for that movie. In this year, like. If someone was like, yo, Fincher rankings, um, like number two, Benny Butts, like what? Like, <laughs> the entire room will like go silent and turn and look at this person. It's like, what? What are you talking about? You know, like yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just want to see like what happened in this movie, like to deserve that. That's like kind of what I'm looking for. I think on this watch. No, yeah. So I think that the concept is like really fascinating, and just you, you almost. In a lot of ways, with like life, you know, it's gonna end with death. 
but in this case it's mm -hmm. like ending at the birth and you're you know you're wondering like how that's just gonna work like obviously as he gets older he's gonna become more spry and like you know be able to do physically more instead of less mm -hmm. which i think is really fascinating but th then again like i've never seen any like scenes or clips or like moments from this film that are trending that like <laughs> like yeah. It's it's really which is why this is so crazy that this movie is such like a mystery box. Um, yeah. Even though the set path that it's supposedly on is you know speaks for itself. So you know, three hours it, that's that's definitely a long time to explore that concept. But it, mm -hmm. it tells me that Fincher really wanted to explore all aspects of it. Yeah. So uh, I am excited to see just how how deep he goes into it. Just like not just maybe Brad Pitt's character, but the ones surrounding him and how that affects life. Exactly. And like, and the thing is that even in the moment, again, some people were mixed, but there were some people, I mean, again, 13 Oscar nominations, like there were some people it like really resonated with. I mean, I'm looking at some reviews right now, like some of those Metacritic blurbs, like someone out here called it a timeless masterpiece from, wow. from the Baltimore Sun. Like what? Like, like there are a lot of perfect scores for it. So it's like, okay. I mean, I guess you like this, this, this film was for someone. And as with the point of this podcast, Far from a general consensus about this thing, right? Especially within the, the world of Fincher filmographies. Um, I am looking forward to uh, one person pointed out how this this film was like. I mean, just how good Fincher is at casting people and and and, and directing actors. And how this film was like the first like he kind of gave like Mahershala Ali and, and Taraji P Henson like at that point like their biggest roles. You know, like this was like the the most like mm. the the most uh, screen time or like you know, I'm trying to. This is the most like a film of this. Caliber had featured Mahershala Ali up until this point, and now the dude has like two Oscars, you know. And so, like, a very, very interested to see like the cast and Taraji P. Henson get like a Best Supporting Actress nomination, right? So, very, very curious to see that. Um, the film was written by Eric Roth, who you know uh, wrote uh, Dune, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Insider, Munich. I mean, he's one of the most like accomplished living screenwriters. So it's like I, you know, I don't think the, I doubt the yeah. script. Well, you know, will be lacking again. I mean, Brad Pitt got nominated. Her, it's a great Pitt performance. I mean, definitely a lot is asked of him just through this premise. Kate Blanchett is always like perfect, like in, in yeah. every movie, you know. Yeah. So there's like a lot. Again, there's so much. Obviously, Fincher included so much talent involved with this film. I, and the craft is surely high. I'm very, very interested to see just what what resonates with us, you know. I'm curious if this will almost count as like a body horror type of film where like it's just so bizarre mm. to see things working in reverse that like it, it feels uncomfortable to watch. Like I wonder if the the movie didn't stand the test of time because it was like we kind of touched on this a little bit where it's like who's this movie for? Like who like what what audience right. is this targeting? Or is it just kind of like a little too broad where like no, there, there was no niche to attach to. People were just like, okay, that that was a movie, but mm -hmm. like, it's I don't. I'm not I mean, really because it's themes. I'm sure it's themes are as big as they can get in terms of like mortality and aging. You know, mm -hmm. they're very broad sweeping themes, which is okay. But you have to land a plane in that gravity way. It's like there's not like a there isn't like a specific fandom or like kind of like cult that's right. gonna be like lash themselves on this because it's just like. It's just a, a, a tackling like the human experience, like everybody, you know. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it, there's no Ben Ben Butthive, you know. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I so I don't know if there's any body horror in this movie, but but I get what you mean because I did googling there at the beginning of the movie. I think there is a little bit of that. 
Like, I mean, I have to imagine like what an old man being yeah. born. Like, that's probably not yeah, like yeah. natural. As in, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be weird and like kind of visceral. No, I'm. Yeah, we'll have thoughts. <laughs> Again, we'll like, we'll surely have thoughts when we see it. You know, I I will say one thing I've heard about this movie because I remember when they talked about Fincher on the Big Pig Pod, they talked about and they talked about Button for a little bit, and they said how like apparently there's there's like some like war scene where like the soldiers are like moving backwards through time, and and they're wondering if like Chris Nolan watched that and like that's where he got the info for Tenet and stuff like that, like like genuinely, you know, because I mean, because he said he started writing Tenet like ten years before. That came that, out in this this game. This came out ten years before. 10. It's like you know, it'll be fun to see if, if there's any. You know, like this just turns into a tenant pod. But again, like <laughs> we just circle everything back to tenant. Um, tenant month coming soon. But tenet. uh, so again, I'm excited excited for that. I, I I'm not that like. I'm mean, I'm sure that'll just be one scene, like one little stretch of this three hour film. But again, it's like maybe there are flourishes that were like, why aren't people talking about this more? Right. So. Yeah, I mean, anything else you guys are thinking about this film or anything specific you, you really want to look for? But before we dive in, I just hope that I come out of it three hours younger. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, or, I hope we leave inverted. Yeah. <laughs> Intended when they invert people, at least make them watch Benjamin Button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very curious to see if there's, you know, maybe even if it's just one scene or there are moments in this film where, where we're like, you no, know, like this deserved to like kind of stick around. Like this deserved to like, you know, have to appear by Twitter timeline and be like, rem- remember how good this was, or for other films to like take inspiration from, you know, it'll be very, very interesting to see that. So I feel like existentially, I'm going to be pretty messed up in the post game. Like, <laughs> no, I know, seriously. I, that's right. I'm, I'm just feeling that. Because like, we all know where it's going again, like, because he has a love interest and like he's going to like become a baby. I don't know. I, it's like, I get out of morbid curiosity. It's like, what, like what is, what's going to go? Yeah. On? And that's what I mean by the body horror. Like that, that sounds terrifying. Like you're, you, yeah. you lose your ability to speak and God, like free. You're, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> very, very curious to see. Again, it's a great promise. Like it's, it's an undeniably like hook of a promise. And like, I'm sure that put bus and seats. I'm just like, I mean, I yeah. got to see. Like, I got to see, you know, what, what went on here. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That being said, we will see you guys all on the other side. Benjamin, come on. Okay. Benjamin, where are you going? Oh, to see. I'll send you a postcard. Write me a postcard from everywhere. We are almost the same age. We're meeting in the middle. I was thinking how nothing lasts. What a shame that is. Some things last. Good night, Daisy. Good night, Benjamin. And we're back. Um. All of us have acting again. Uh, our voices are feeling <laughs> feel a little different. I feel a lot younger, guys. Ooh, Gaga, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly have the urge to do like Sokotoa and like learn about uh, like the the Mongols and AP World and stuff like that. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to crack yeah, up some, some reason, college apps. It's really stormy outside, guys. I don't know <laughs> that you, was but... crazy. Okay, we will get. To... I suddenly have this energy to like go go just like. Play some pickup and, and and like try out for an AAU team with a <laughs> with some bread. 
But no, okay. We 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 couldn't resist doing a doing a, a high pitch voice bit for a little bit. But okay, we have we have experienced the curious case of Benjamin Button. We are now we are much more familiar with 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 uh with BJ Butts himself. Um, the case <laughs> is is we'll, we'll say solved we'll, if you will. Yeah, we are we are less curious about this case. Myth busted about the about this curious <laughs> case of of a Mr. Now Bunch. we know him. Yeah, now we are. Uh, Seb has seen a fra- multiple frames from this film. Now um, we know <laughs> we we know what this is about. And boy, howdy, we have some thoughts. Okay, we we are yes. we, when our when our thoughts are as a as mixed as they are, we, we we usually say, okay, let's just let's just work from more Mr. Cole's. To no one's surprise, um, working for more Mr. Coldest, I will be going first. <laughs> okay, so so we've on this pod, we've we've talked a couple times, and, and Seb's used this wording before, saying how just the, we've talked about the idea of not fighting a movie, right? And the idea of, of being willing to kind of like meet meet the movie on its terms, right? And, and not not resisting what it's trying to do, and just being like, okay, let's just do everything we can to to let the movie work on us. And so yeah, and so that idea of not finding a film i feel like applies for this movie more more than any movie we've done so far right because the way this movie the way that it just like wears its heart as like any movie that wears its heart on its sleeve as much as this one and as as shamelessly sincere like i mean from the like diary deathbed reflection tropes like he's my father having all those tropes like, like in a movie like this one and is operating with a premise as bonkers as this movie, it's not hard to be cynical about it. You know, like it, it, it's not difficult to to kind of pull it apart, right? Or just to, to, for, for it to like maybe rub you the wrong way or to maybe not be totally on board with it. But from the opening scene, I mean, it lets you know what kind of movie that this is going to be, right? From the first like 90 seconds, she's like saying how much she's going to miss her mom and like all these things. It's like, okay, like we are, we're in it. We're in it with this movie, right? Um, we actually, we, we does it open with? No, it's the clock. It's opens, the clock with, opens with Mr. Clock Guy. Opens with Mr. Clock. Okay, yeah. I mean, opens with clock, but but for the moment you get to the hospital, it's just like okay, like we're doing this. Like this is this is that kind of movie, right? And so I realized. I mean, even like, the clock story is like. Even the clock story is also like a very sentimental kind of like, quote unquote allegorical setup for this movie (laughs) you you don't really get a lot of breaks in terms of sentiment for this film (laughs) no yeah it's uh you start in like gear four like it's uh, the 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 pedals on the ground yeah and so i realized early that it was it felt like it was it, it was fully up to me how how this experience was going was going to go right and so i just i just just decided to like completely just give myself over this movie you know and and i i trust i had faith in the idea that 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 i was in good hands and i i do not doubt that there are valid criticisms to be had about this movie i i have some bones about this film i'm not trying to say like oh if 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 you didn't like it you you didn't like you didn't open yourself up enough not saying that (laughs) i'm not saying that Mm. and if someone watches this film and they're like yeah like you know i i respect it but it's just kind of not for me i get it but personally i don't i was I was really touched by it. And, and, and broadly speaking, just the kind of like life affirmed nature, it really resonated with me. And there are like, uh, honestly, like a lot of scenes in very tiny moments that that I, I, I frankly won't forget. Like there are so many tiny moments of just like beauty and, 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 and intimacy, I think are just really, really, 
really, really wonderful. And also many of it's that wouldn't really make for like great entire clips to post on Twitter because there's like kind of tiny little kind of tiny little fleeting moments, but we can kind of get back to that. And, and just for me, like, I feel like the visuals are always just so gorgeous and, and compelling and that, and that the, the actors are always giving like, you know, the actors are always game and it's exploring this very unique premise so thoroughly to that. Like it, it makes the floor for me pretty high and, and at least for me puts it automatically into territory of like worth watching, you know, that that's where I'm at with it. But, 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 but you know, working our way down, Seb, Seb, how are you feeling about it? I, I mean, it's not like a huge step down for, for mm-hmm. me. I, I actually agree quite a bit when it comes when you were talking about uh, the small moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, there's no Twitter clips, but there, like, there's, <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to shout out one specific moment that really touched me um, was the moment when they're, it's like in the third act, much later in the film, they're in the cafe and talking about like whether or not, you know, they should have the baby or he should oh, be the father yeah. because of like the condition. But she goes to the bathroom and he looks on TV and sees Tilda like swam the English channel yeah. and he doesn't bring it up to the wife when she comes out. He just smiles to himself and is just like happy for her. And then they just leave. Yeah. I was like, that yeah. was freaking fantastic, dude. Like, I just love right. that stuff. Like, like it, it meant something to him and it meant something to her. Yeah. And then that's all that mattered. And I was just like, that, like that's yeah. just being human right there. Like, what a yeah. wonderful scene. <laughs> No, I so I, yeah, yeah. Like, small moments like that really do stand out. And I mentioned in the pregame that like I I hadn't seen a frame of this film because there was no like big moment in this film necessarily to mm-hmm. spoil. Like it's just the premise that you're aware of, and mm-hmm. that that was pretty evident in the film. There was no big scene that was like, "Whoa, how did I miss this?" It's all yeah. pretty consistent in in its um execution. Um, and there's no like big twist or anything necessarily. It's kind of what you would expect from this film. Um, and that worked both in the film's favor and to its detriment, in my opinion. I I do wish that maybe the film took some bigger swings that I'm used to from Fincher. I feel like his other films do have these, these not necessarily moments, but he does, you know, take his premise and then go for it even further. You know, Fight Club or Seven. You're just... You, you have distinct moments in those films where, like, oh, he like goes for it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, there, there aren't many like buzzy like. Now, what do you think about this scene? You know, like, yeah, it's- no. I mean, it's just like, well, like the overall experience of the film is more just how you can really talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, my, my biggest takeaway is Brad Pitt is like the best actor maybe ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I freaking love this guy. Yeah, I. I he does this so effortlessly and he's like doing yeah. old guy, middle-aged young guy. I mean, obviously middle-aged Brad Pitt is like, like easy for him. He doesn't, you can do that in his sleep, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, he, he wasn't sleepwalking through this film and he actually was putting effort in. And uh, oh, I, sure. I do want to commend him for that. Another small bit that I really liked was when he goes to visit uh, Kate Blanchett and they are like at their little get together, the friend get together, they go out, they're at the cab uh, in the alleyway and she's like, you should come out with us. And he's kind of like not feeling it. And he's like, let's like the same for me. Like I was, and, he, and but he's so earnest. He's just like, I don't know. Like, I just thought I'd come here and sweep you off your feet or something. And, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you can tell she's kind of like touched by that, that like, you know, yeah. obviously she does have a life right now that she has to get to, but like at the same time, she like appreciates that honesty. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of standing there with the flowers. And I'm like, why is this like Peter Parker and Spider-Man too? Or he's just kind of standing there. <laughs> 
you know, hoping that like the love life thing works out for him. Uh, but I, I love those moments. So there, there's a lot of great bits in there that that do work for me. It's I think the breaks in the middle with like you know the older version of her kind of <laughs> just constantly being like, no, keep reading, no, keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> like grandma, I'm, trust, trust me, I'm reading. Um, I, I love you guys seeing pitch performance because it really is. It's the type of performance where the actor, they could see that role and be like, oh, like there's so much, so much to chew off this bone. And like, and they could like, there's a lot of opportunities for like capital A acting and and they're just like really going for it. But it's a very, considering the subject matter, like it's a very reserved, it it, it is a very like reserved performance, you know, and he's, he's communicating the most against like just through his eyes and and just his face and and just kind of like his very subtle physicality of it all and like it is performance that is a little easy to take for granted because you kind of like in the best way you almost don't notice like just the way oh, his like sure. voices or or, or deliveries are changing it's very it's very smooth performance for, for performance like have a lot of bumps or a lot of like peaks and yes. valleys and a lot of like defined traits and he's like oh i'm this old now i'm gonna be doing this it's like no it's like it's just yeah, right? it, it always feels like the same guy and, and that's it's too much. Yeah, and, and it's maybe a little microcosm of a movie that, like, again, while it is unabashedly sincere, it, like, it it could have cranked up the dials a lot more in some cases. Like, and, and, like the yeah. the like like the, there's a lot more to say in this run, but like this like Robert Zemeckis version of this movie is like there there are some potentially like painful like iterations yeah. of this movie that I, I think it avoids. But but again, it's still very sincere and and, and oozy at some points, but. Um, I just want to shout out. I, I have to imagine we all like simultaneously did a backflip when we saw Mahershala, right? Oh, like, that, that yeah, absolutely. Awesome. When just for two oh, minutes he just yes. starts doing his like monologue in the kitchen, I'm like, I'm here. I'm, 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 like, I'm I here. Did, I didn't know he was in the film. I was like, I got. I, I, I mentioned that in the pregame. I mentioned that in the pregame. No, yeah. Oh, you yeah. did. Oh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I totally missed that. No, I, okay. I, I. I my first note of the movie was Mahershala. Yo, yeah. no, so, yeah, because because this was his yeah. first like significant role. Yeah, ever. okay, sweet. That yeah, very no cool. I mean, that props him, dude. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, he's he's awesome. Oh, I know that look in Mateo's eye. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I that mm. hit us. Okay, so this movie's bad. Ooh. <laughs> it's. It's not like horrible. It's not horrible, but I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think it's a good movie. Like, like not even good. I, like not even good. Not even good. And I think here's the thing. I think I think there's a story that you can tell about this movie that, that like diagnoses the problem with it, right? Okay. And so this movie was not like a David Fincher like passion project, which it doesn't have to be. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's plenty of his movies that are very yeah. good that are work for yeah. hire type of jobs. But this movie like languished in development hell and like bounced around between directors for decades. And this movie like suffers from a like terminal, uncurable case of like producer Oscar bait brain. And, and you know, like I think it's the structure of it is like, you know, like they, they, th- this movie was made in mind with like people like being able to like go tell their friends, like, you know, this movie really taught me a lot about life. <laughs> like that was like the that was that was what they were swinging for. I was and, I was gonna say there's definitely like this movie would do really well on like sentimental TikTok, you know, like sentimental movie like the like the people the people who love like about time and are like, man, 
makes you think you know you know that that's like a formula that has worked for decades because it's like you know Forrest Gump is that kind of movie um Mm -hmm. and you mentioned Zemeckis already like yeah I could not shake off the Forrest Gump allegations yeah (laughs) you know the Gump vibes are crazy yeah and you know Eric Roth screenwriter of Forrest Gump yeah I totally forgot about that one um yeah um it, it like things about the setup I, I just did not enjoy, but I think well, and, and I, I, we're going to get into, oh, just the, I think the frames, the frame story with like her in on her deathbed, I think is very corny. Oh, I, I, know, like, I, I agree. I, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, For it's, lack of a, a better word, it's an old trope. Yeah. It, it's very unnecessary. And, and I think oftentimes it's just there to like tell the audience things that are like very obvious already. Like. Mm-hmm. There was a better way to do that. A much better way uh, to do that. Whole, yeah. Very like true. you, because like she's reading from from his diary, and and you have that moment where Brad, Brad, who is in in you know kind of like that golem body, like very heavily CGI transformed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Andy Serkis. Um, good, good, great CGI, by the way. Yeah. I, I, you know, there it's it's not like. It doesn't look like 2023 CGI. It's aged a little yeah. bit, but it's still it's like a little uncanny at points. But it's, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's like, I mean, it's not. It works. It doesn't take me out of the movie. I was gonna say, can yeah. I say though? I feel like in 2023, like half the time we have CGI now that like isn't as good as the mid 2000s because it's just the, <laughs> the hell that you right, know, right. Yeah, that company's in. Like, no, it's phoned in for sure compared to like yeah. this is like an actual like labor of yeah of like pros. Yeah. It had, a, had a lot of time to kind of you know kind of craft this, and also it's like again it's like when every other aspect of the movie kind of looks perfect, it, it definitely helps. You yeah, know? yeah. But anyway, when he sees uh young Kate Blanchett for the first time, and she's like six or seven, like mm. the voiceover is like kind of poignant, and he's like. He's like, I'll never forget that day for the rest of my life. And it's like very obviously telling you, oh, like this is good. This is Kate Blanchett and he's going to fall in love with her. Yeah. And then you cut to <laughs> you, you, a, a few moments later, you cut to the daughter in the, in the hospital room, like reading to her mom. And he's like, and, and she says like, did you know he really loved you at first sight? And I'm like, yeah, I've been watching this movie. I didn't need you to tell me that. Like, it's like. It's like the, the, the like annihilation the most... cuts back to Wong when he's like, yeah, uh, so an alien." <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's like the lowest common denominator, like kind of writing. Uh, I I really didn't enjoy it, and then, mm. but I, I don't think that really kind of like diagnoses my my main problem with the movie. And I think my main problem with the film is that, so like we talked about how this movie is a gimmick movie, yeah, right, like a movie that is remembered for the reverse aging gimmick. And I just don't, in in a, in a very strange way, I think this movie does not make very good use of its gimmick. And I, I think that I is, agree. yeah, I, I think that's what ends up holding the film back for me because, mm. you know, you have a guy who is aging in reverse, but for all intents and purposes, he's really not, right? Like the arc of his life is just, he's young, he becomes an adult, and then he get he ages and mm-hmm. dies. In fact, at the end of his life, where he's a child, he doesn't really have any like child symptoms or behaviors. He just behaves like somebody who has a neurodegenerative disease, right? Like he has like dementia, and they're like trying to control him, and he's like pouty. And whereas the you know quote unquote old version of him 
uh, at the beginning of the movie does kind of have like the curious mind and like openness of a child. And he's like kind of innocent mm-hmm. in that way. Like, I think that ultimately like this movie is almost like trying to like pull the wool over your eyes by like making you think that it's saying something very interesting with the reverse aging, but you could take it out of the movie and this movie does not really change at all. Like, yeah, no. I... And and I think that was my main, there, there's like a few moments i think where the movie tries to do something Mm -hmm. interesting with it like i I, like it's funny that like for example like he goes to the brothel and like he has that experience with captain mike right before he ever has his first kiss like because those things like end up running backwards like that was like maybe the most that was like there's a few cases where it does something like that with his physicality Mm mm-hmm but Mm -hmm. or him like working on the boat and stuff you know with like the yeah big girl like a 15 year old but yeah there are, yeah, there are elements where it is doing things that are a little bit interesting, but I think I, I just I just found it falling short, like of that mm. premise and failing its yeah. premise. I think because it is at the end of the day an extremely, extremely conventionally written movie. And and I think Fincher is trying his best. I, I don't like but like Fincher's not the problem for sure. I don't think I, this this script is like it's it's almost unsalvageable. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't think the script is that bad, but at the same time, it's not doing anything special. It, it's not bad. It's not like a horrible script, but I think it sets like a very, very low ceiling for what this. I agree. Is. Yeah. And mm. and that was where that was where I, I found myself landing. And we can talk about other specific. There are like specific, like kind of eye rolling type of moments you know, I, I just don't think it's good for me. You know, there are people out there who love Forrest Gump. There are people out there who will die for Forrest Gump. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, in the 21st century, you should not, if you're making a movie, you should not be making the audience member think this is just like Forrest Gump. That's <laughs> Probably not, not, yeah. That's not something that, and, and I <laughs> found myself fair. thinking like, this is a, this is a Forrest Gump script. Yeah. <laughs> and it has it has the little Forrest Gump like because like you know Forrest Gump like has those moments where it's like he has to like have those like ridiculous interactions with American history. But I, I I enjoy those. That's like a guilty but, like Benjamin <laughs> Button, like in, like yeah. he's like he he's like chilling in Florida and he sees the uh and he sees like oh, the, the rocket was so the, stupid. The, the, <laughs> Apollo take, the Apollo rocket take off. <laughs> Geographically does not make sense because they say that he goes along the Gulf Coast of Florida. No, I, yeah. And that's in Cape Canaveral, which is like whatever but yeah uh it looked like he was like a mile away from it (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely some some head scratcher type of moments but yeah but i don't know i i want to let's open the floor a little yeah yeah Yeah, can i piggyback sorry really quickly off of what mateo was saying there i completely agree with by not utilizing the 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 premise correctly i love the old man stuff because i was like this is interesting Uh, like a young person in an old man's body i find that stuff like that was like the most interesting part of the movie to me because it felt felt different to me whereas like you know the middle of his life mateo's right he's just a normal guy at that point like you're you met in the middle so there's not anything particularly special i guess besides like his interactions with daisy who has already accepted him for who he is and his condition there's no conflict there so really his only conflict is just falling in love with this woman which is the conflict of almost every man in his middle age or just finding love 
So there's nothing special going on really in that middle section uh, that I found at least. And at the end of his life where you're having an old man in a young person's body, there's like a couple scenes where he's like a teenager where like it, it's almost like a montage almost where he's like in India and then he sees her again for one scene. And mm-hmm. um, but after that, like once it becomes like a toddler or like a like a child, it's just a montage at this point. You 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 only get like brief moments where I was like, I was kind of interested, especially like that one. They showed a one flash where he's like swearing at like the, the people who are trying to take care of him. Yeah. And he sounds kind of like an old guy. who's just like fed up with the young people. Yeah. I was like, wait, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I wish that wasn't just like, you know, brushed over like that. That kind of leans into the premise a little bit of, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, kind of being outside of your own body, your body betraying you in a little way. And I, you know, I wish they explored that a bit more. But sorry, go ahead, Chris. I'll let you no. Yeah, no, that's definitely uh, it's definitely fascinating, and I, 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 I totally get that because yeah, it's what you know what this movie has going for it that no other movie does is those is that premise you know. And yeah. So I can see like you got to lean into that as much as possible to make the most of it. But I kind of formulating and kind of kind of kind of feeling through my thoughts on this, you know, live on air right now. But it's. Out, because the the thing is is that i i feel like in this is there's a very real chance this, this is just because of my my just like free inclination to just to be a sucker for just like good like romantic movies and stuff like that and just like romance and films but like mm-hmm. that's the thing i don't know like i i think like the middle age like when they kind of meet each other halfway a stretch of the film like was probably the most enjoyable for me you know like like and when 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 the two of them are like the two most beautiful humans ever put to screen like that is that is crazy that, that just has to be a dress like oh apex mountain for just like human beings yeah. but but like i see what you're saying of just like oh like the the you know the, the the gimmick almost isn't even a part of the movie at that point but i don't know i i i felt like the payoff of just like at that point it kind of manifests itself it manifests itself more in the sense of just like like I, I know she accepted him early on, but like, but it's like she says when, when when she was like, "I'm glad, like, I'm glad we weren't doing this when we were younger," you know, like when we were 26, and just the idea of these two people who just like couldn't, no matter how they felt, like they really couldn't be together for a while, and and, and just the idea of this kind of like, I don't know, it, it's just a very sweet payoff for me uh, of this thing, this relationship, this love that they have that couldn't really, couldn't really occur for all those years, and when they were finally able to like. I, again, I'm trying to find the most eloquent way to put this, but you know what I'm saying. It's just like when 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 they finally could like be together and all those things, like for lack of better phrasing, like I don't know. It, it was a very sweet and, and rewarding payout for me. It, but but it's undercut. The whole thing is undercut. Like even though it's like oh we're finally together, it is undercut by the whole like we all know, like we all know it can't be like this forever. Like there's just again there's like that pit of dread and in their stomach the entire time which i think makes for for an interesting dynamic and it almost makes the whole thing like so much sweeter it's just like you know like so much has had to occur for us to finally get to this point but even though that yeah. we're here it's like like again like like we know where this is going so i don't know i i just i found i just found that all, all to be very just i don't know just, just very like poignant and, and, and very very sweet to me i i i want to i want to i want to flip the script a little bit here i want to i want to ask you a question because i i do i do agree with you i think all of that stuff i think you're right about all that but i don't think that any of that is a function of the fact that brad pitt ages backwards because the the mentally right Mm -hmm. brad pitt ages yeah the same way everybody else does right yeah yeah it's only only physical so 
by the time that we have the moment where she's finally back in New Orleans uh, for the first time, like, and she's already kind of broken into the dancing space. And this is after uh, he's come back from World War II. Yeah. Like, you know, it's been like 20 something years since since they've both been born. Like, that's just like the time that most that normal people get together. Right. And there's Mm -hmm. and it's not like there's anything physically blocking them from getting together there. It's just Brad Pitt. It's just a mental block and like them being at different stages in their life mentally. It's just like, right. I think the experience of war in some way, like hardens Brad Pitt or like makes, mm-hmm. makes Benjamin Button a little older, you know, kind of less like, you know, less blase, I think than, than, than Kate Blanchett is like, I, there's definitely an impression through that, through those scenes mm-hmm. that he's like kind of listening to her and he's like, she feels like immature compared to me, but I don't think that's because. I don't think that's because he's older I, or, or because he's, you know, he's like 70 something or whatever. I think it's just because he's like three or four years older than her. And he's yeah. been, he's been in a war. Mm-hmm. And I, so like, I agree. And, and, and really like even the, the stuff towards the end of his life, there, there's nothing really, it's all just kind of the physical aspects of his condition that are, that keep them apart, quote unquote, at the end. But like, what really stops him is just that he he ends up getting like dementia and then he has to be, he can't like live alone yeah. and all of this stuff. Right. But it never felt to me like any of that was necessarily a physical that that's all kind of physical. None of it is really coming from the mental side of, of it. And so here's where I'll, here's where I'll pose a hypothetical, I have a hypothetical here. And, and I know that we don't, we don't like to talk about movies in terms of like what they could have been. Because we should we should be assessing the product in front of us. We like to evaluate. I, I should say we like to evaluate the movie for what it is and not for what it could be. But so the original Benjamin Button story, when it begins, he comes out of his he he is born a seventy year old man. He's not like a shriveled baby man. He's just yeah. a seventy year old man, and he has the maturity and like kind of the brain development of a seventy year old. So he ages in reverse, but his maturity also ages in reverse, and so. I think there's, I think there's, I think that's a more interesting movie. I think there's a lot more pitfalls for that though, because you're almost like delving into memento territory where it's like, he can't learn anything new because he's not maturing. No, but like not, not, not in that sense. I mean, in the sense, like he has to like kind of pretend to be a child, but he's Mm -hmm. already like too old to to pretend he can't be a kid because he's like 70, right? Like It's it's a more potent dynamic for sure. I mean, it would get like, Thing about that is I, I can see if they wanted to avoid like the creepiness factor of like uh, of when he first meets uh like Kate Blanchett when she's oh, sir, yeah. like, so, like, like the just, love like, the, the, the love, grooming the love aspect not, like the love mm-hmm. story does not work as well. Yeah. But <laughs> no. I think, yeah. But like I think that's like a 100 minute movie that maybe yes. is better than this than that maybe could have been better than this two hour and 41 minute movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to, I don't want to like delve too much into the hypothetical. I just, I, I just yeah. wanted to, to throw that out there because that, that is where I think this movie fell short for me a little bit. I, I felt yeah. like, I don't know. I, I felt like it, it, I, it's, I think, it underserves its premise in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's valid. It's, it, it's tough because it's, it is a tough thing to talk about because yeah, because it's, it's saying it doesn't live up to, to its premise it is a valid complaint. But again, we, we avoid the whole, like, oh, the movie should have been like this just because that is, that can be a very lazy criticism sometimes because it's like, mm-hmm. just to be like, I think, like, it's not hard to say 
with with no proof that can prove you wrong be like it would have been better if it did this it's like it's like we can't really yeah. prove you wrong you know but it's, right. but it's not like it's not like we have the ethos really or like and you're very few people have like the true credibility that's like genuinely say that and like and actually have some weight behind it again it, and, and so it's a lot better to assess where it went wrong and then it's fine to speculate like well maybe if it pivoted to here but but yes i only say because we have the source material yeah oh no which is totally valid and and i'm glad you brought that up yeah 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 it's i mean i wanted to bring i want to bring up like the fact that i think there there's a lot of interesting angles to tackle the the current iteration of the movie where like societally you're going to be treated different as like an old person like despite your mental age or uh, whatever it's just how you look so like for example uh the brothel like that that is a good example of like a young person being thrown into the adult world which i find to be interesting and i feel like there weren't really many examples of that in this film that i i, I wish just societally like you can explore you know how we treat people just based on the way that they look because honestly throughout the film he gets treated pretty normally as a human <laughs> being he's not really like yeah just like called out for being like really different. I mean, yeah, yeah. For someone who discovers a person who aged backwards is their father, that she almost doesn't react to it. Kind of takes it in stride a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, just like, and which is almost funny. Like, I I do kind of want to commend the film, like, for not doing the whole like, that's impossible. I don't believe you. Whole gimmick, like, that's another pitfall they could have fallen into that I would have just been not really that interested in. I don't think any of you guys would have been either. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, it is interesting that like, then almost no one like treated him differently. It was <laughs> no, that, that's like, an interesting point. There's be- one. There's one scene I think where it does happen where he is like mentally like ten or something, and he's like, he's like under the bed with uh, yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. And, shit. And, <laughs> yeah. and then like the grandmother or something's like, no, oh, like, like, yo, this is disgusting. you should be ashamed of yourself, and it's like. Yeah, that's like the one moment, and uh, <laughs> which I mean, it was funny. Yeah, like, I, I I think it's but like I, I see I, I see what you're saying, and like and I I do think I mean maybe there is like a world where it's like if it's like oh we gotta make the most of this premise if it almost becomes a low one note of it's just like oh like this person's just so like a like in the wrong body like you know it's just like it's just like it isn't understood correctly it's like I, I do almost like that it, it is trying to explore other other relationships and, and maybe situations bred by its relationship like like the whole like tilda swinton thing like again like that I, I don't, which i, I want to talk about that yeah. sequence a little bit later yeah we should talk I, about I, the I adventures really, really of benjamin that. button because there's like an hour of this movie that is just the adventures of benjamin button <laughs> he goes to russia and then he fights in world war ii that's like an hour of this movie. Oh, it's like about when the movie becomes dunkirk for nine minutes like that's we <laughs> yeah we can get to that i would like to talk about that well, last thing about Seb was yeah. saying was that yeah, so yeah, like very early on in the movie, because again, I was like, I want to see where the where like what drew Fincher to this, you know? Um, and very early on, I was like, oh wait, no, it's like so many Fincher movies are about just like like outsiders. It, it's about people on the margins of society. And so I'm like, oh wait, no, this makes complete sense. Like this is a guy just like destined. He like he was born an outsider and, and all these things. But yeah, but he doesn't like he is able and maybe. And maybe this is me, me being too much of an apologist or something like that, but and and maybe it, it fits into more of the theme of the story of him just like creating his own opportunities and, and being able to find a way in, in society, and, and it is a very like, hopeful look uh, on that on that idea. And, and also for a second, I was like, there's also a chance he just wanted to make a movie that was just like 
after making stuff like Zodiac and like Seven and Flight Club, he's like, maybe I want to make something a little life affirming. You know, it's like maybe, maybe like make a little, a little palate cleanser. Um, and also, I think directors just kind of like to flex different muscles, you know, and, and just like and almost test himself in a way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a valid aspect too, or just work with a great cast. But as for that thing, uh, and just one last note on the whole like their relationship thing, it's like even if she is kind of she's very used to his condition and she's mentally past it. Like I do think it is there is that aspect of like even when he's just like watching her in that like after party uh, of the of the dance and she's just like with people her age and like living her life. I don't know. I, I think there is that aspect of like even if she is mentally past it, it's like, it it would have played, it would have played a factor, you know? Cause like, cause again, he is a little more matured at that point. And again, just the, like the way you look, like it does, like it absolutely does influence like how you develop and the rate at which you develop and like how you grow as a person, like, and how other people yeah. treat you. Like, like that yeah. absolutely like plays a case and just like, it, right. And again, like people like who look like that being together, like it, 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 I don't think it could have worked because even if they're mentally past that, the, the, the physical aspect still does matter. So then when they're finally together, they also now possess the like bodies to love each other properly and as well as they deserve to. And then for then moments like near the end of the relationship, it's like when he when he's like 18 or whatever and like visits her again um, after, she, you know, like the daughter's kind of growing up a bit and she has a husband. I don't know. It, it's just moments where it's like, she like you know is growing old doesn't feel as pretty as she used to and she almost like it's it's unspoken but she like you can tell like because he's just sitting on the bed looking at her she almost like can't believe he's like looking at her the way that he is and it's just like a small moment like that that i think is just like super super beautiful you know because it's like because that dynamic is flipping he's just like he's the same person like he remembers everything you know and just like a little moment like that and, and and maybe like and maybe fincher was just ultimately like way more interested in just like their love story and the, like and the like the idea of finally ending up like with, with that person like uh, the kind of all roads were led were led to this thing but but it can't be forever but i'm ready to talk about the adventures of benjamin <laughs> in, in, this, uh. in this film and like and it's just like a random war sequence that like but when you see like the bullets coming from the other ship and it hits them i'm like wait oh, this is yeah. just like really effective yeah. like right now yeah I do think it's interesting that the movie is, like, populated with... (laughs) The movie's, like, populated with these, like, characters that kind of exist just to, like, give a little spice to the movie and, Mm -hmm. like, and pad Mm -hmm. out that runtime. And I don't mean Mm -hmm. that in a bad way, but, like, you have, like, Jared Harris, right, who is the uh, Captain Mike, the Irish uh, artist uh, moonlighting as uh, as a tugboat captain. Who, who you know like he has that moment where he's like he's an artist it's like don't let anybody tell you who to be and it's like oh eric roth wrote that line you know like <laughs> like that's that's her that's her four scum line of of the day but let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but those i i actually i i kind of like a lot of those characters like populating uh benjamin Button's life i i think they actually they add a lot to the to the beginning of the movie and i i think it, it, it's kind of what makes me end up enjoying the first half of this movie more than the second half. Um, yeah, I agree. Are those characters oh. like the idea that he's like kind of like wants to like really prove something by like going after that U boat? Like, I liked I liked that element. I liked like the <laughs> the shootout. Um, yeah, I liked them in Russia. Um, and you know, you have that his like kind of like first real relationship with Tilda Swinton. Mm. Uh, I, I love that whole sequence. I don't know. Maybe it's a super Chris core, but that's like, I, I love movies having just like a standalone vignette in the middle of your movie, almost like a bottle episode. 
in, in just the middle yeah. of the film. Like I I, I just love like just just immaculate vibes, like like snowy yeah, and, and in it, the middle of the night and no one's awake talking about like people being asleep. Like I don't know. I, I was I was kind of eating that up. Right. I, I love the line of like hearing the house breathe. I don't care how many times yeah. they used it. I, it worked no. for me. Like <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you also have the the English channel thing, which Seb already mentioned, like that coming back and like mm -hmm. I like that finally achieving yeah. that dream is a nice touch. Can I shout out the during the war scene? There's like a moment where like a bomb goes off and it blows up underneath the boat. And for one split second, it's like the most gorgeous shot I've ever seen, where like <laughs> the sky illuminates and yeah. it looks like this heavenly. I don't know. I, I couldn't believe like like it was such. A, I'll have to pull it up and send it to you guys. Right, it, right, it's right. It's like a gorgeous frame. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get that. And, out. And like, I, I do love the shot. Sorry, just like a, a second after that, when um, when it's like when when Jared Harris is dying, all and, and it has that line about the like you know like you can be mad at the world or just kind of like let it happen. And I love mm -hmm. it's like again it's like little like little moments of color. It's like the twins who are always like beefing with each other, and it's just like an, uh, it's just that overhead shot, like a three second shot of one twin like holding the other. They come in terms with the death. It's like it's unsaid, and that's like you know series rap on those two. But it's like. It's little moments like that, bad. I mean, that's really that's where that's that's me. the Forrest Gump writing at its best, right? Like, the, yeah, uh, yeah, the Forrest Gump, and th and then <laughs> you you get a little bit of it at its worst, uh, I think, uh, when the equivalent of the Forrest Gump feather floating, uh, the CGI feather like floating in the opening shot of Forrest Gump <laughs> with oh, the, the CGI bird. With the CGI hummingbird, yeah, I was like, oh god, yeah. He's like, and I've never seen a. a I can't do his 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 old South accent, but like, he's like, you know, I've never seen a hummingbird this far out at sea. I'm like, okay, bro, I, I, <laughs> just stop, <laughs> just stop. I don't know. Yeah, you couldn't see because it was a tennis ball or something. Yeah, it wasn't there. <laughs> um, it's, I will say, I know I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, I, I mean, not devil's advocate. I, I know I'm kind of defending this movie a lot. You're playing we, advocate. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing advocate. Um, we did not need those accents. I'm sorry. Like just the whole like I, uh, those were adding nothing for me. Like if they just talk like Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett, we're we're fine. We're fine. Like like and there are there are moments like it was like the accent came on thick at some points. And there was one moment my favorite thing was when he just sounded like Brad Pitt at points. Like I, I forget the context. Someone says something and he just goes something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's not afraid to root stuff in, in, in New Orleans as we see in the in the hospital oh, seats. No. Which is, I mean, do we do we want to do this now? Do do we want to do this? Let's yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, again, again, I'm 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 the advocate for this movie. I don't get it. I I got nothing. I got nothing. No. We, did, we did not. So I I, I compared it this. in my review. Uh, so there's there's a a this this film predates it, but there's a 2010 movie, uh, Remember Me, which yep. is yep. notorious. Yes. Yes, for being a a romantic, a just like very plain romantic drama that ends with one of the characters going to the World Trade Center on 9-11. <laughs> it, it's like, 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 just like very like tasteless and bizarre. And this movie felt like it felt like it, that at the end of the movie when the, like yeah. it ends with the levees breaking and like you know, like Hurricane Katrina devastating New Orleans. It's like... That, like, Marvel Easter, like, the camera panning up, and you see it's, like, Hurricane Katrina on the screen. It's like, whoa, whoa, what is this? <laughs> and, and, and so that, that brings me to one of my most interesting speculations about this movie, which is that... So this movie was shot 
in New Orleans after um after, after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. And it was shot in in Louisiana. It, it, so the original story does not take place in, no. in Louisiana. It takes place in Baltimore. They just decided to go to Louisiana because of tax incentives. So my question is that ending cannot have been part of the original script. No. That ending has to have been something that that came up after they like either during pre-production they rewrote it or like during production they decided to add that ending yeah because Fincher, yeah. Wondering... Fincher got attached in 04 and you know and they were probably but you know they probably weren't shooting for like 06 or 07 so like that was definitely like in the script before they were filming but but yeah whose it, idea it, was that i don't know I I yeah. okay so i was like Again, like, like even I'm not going to bat for this whole dynamic. And I was trying to. Find it might have not been Eric Roth. He might have. He might have like written the script and bounced by I, that point. I think Fincher wanted to go all in on the New Orleans thing, and he was like saying how like how thrilled he was to be able to like to film in New Orleans and like get all these things on location. And so I was like, is Fincher on the record about the Katrina thing at all? And, and he said he says this in the director's commentary. He goes, "Quote: Some people don't like the idea that this movie takes place during Katrina." Hmm. Um, and again, it's not intended to be an inordinately important beat, but it's just kind of talking about change and the old city in the new city. And it's the time before a very chaotic moment in city history. Huh? Like, what? That's crazy. That nothing That's crazy, bro. <laughs> That's like me when I need oh to like me when I need to read like the word count on this like discussion post. Like what that's I got yeah, nothing, guys. I, I mean, the final shot of the of like the water flooding into the clock—that's a cool image. I don't know if we need Katrina to craft that image. No, like that. No, there's like, a million other ways you could have done that. I mean, even that, like, even that final shot was like, yeah, okay, I get yeah. it. You, you need you, you're, you're you need to tie these together, but like, yeah, I don't know, yeah, fellas. I got uh, just, it, I, no. The movie ended cool. on a sour note for me. It probably dropped like a half star just from that. I, was I like the like, roll call. <laughs> I like the roll call a second before that though, when he's talking about like the because again, because like the theme throughout this movie is like making making opportunities for yourself and stuff like that, and like no matter what circumstances you were born into. And I don't, it's just like a very sweet idea, and I and I love and I don't know, like I don't know, man. Like it just kind of worked on me. And like also one, one big thing on the Jared Harris thing, I, I made this joke to Mateo after watching the film, but when it's I couldn't stop thinking about for those who have seen the Tim Robinson episode of documentary now about the bowlers, he's like because it's like you know making opportunities for yourself and forging your own path. And his whole thing was like he was like a sailor. <laughs> like his dad was a tugboat sailor and kept telling him that all he was ever going to be was a tugboat sailor. And he was like, but I became an artist, but he was like a tattoo artist whose primary occupation was a tugboat sailor, which is like <laughs> the, yeah. the, the funniest thing ever. And that's literally from, <laughs> it's literally from document like in this episode documentary now, or Tim Robinson's character is like his dad. Like, like the Tim Robinson's character is like is like the bad boy bowler and like in like the professional bowling league. And but his dad, I mean, it's like Dale Earnhardt. Like his dad was like a very very famous bowler. And in an interview, he's like, and I told myself I was never gonna be like my stupid dad. And the interviewer was like, but you're a bowler. And he goes, no, I'm a rebel bowler. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like I'm nothing like my dad. I'm a rebel bowler. Just that's all I could think about in this film. And also, I I could something about Tim. Robinson would have killed it. When the movie becomes an I think you should leave bit randomly with the, the guy who got struck by lightning seven times, that Dude, Tim no. Robinson would have destroyed that role. Yeah. I yeah. was in my car seven times. Like, it, just, like <laughs> that isn't I think you should leave skit. A lot and, of there's but there's cool. I like those vignette characters. Yes. No, oh yeah. 
Uh, I like, I even like, uh, so this is an interesting bit. Uh, we haven't talked that much about Taraj P. Henson, but like, oh yeah, that mother, that, that mother son relationship is, is very strong. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great. She, she's I, really I, great. It's very sincere. I like, um, I, I do like the idea that like at the beginning of his life, like she's kind of the only one like going to bat for him. Uh, yeah. There's something very, very sweet mm-hmm. about that. Uh, the movie does not really like touch on like the racism that she like experienced that that character experienced like living in New Orleans. But like right. the idea of like that character who is on the margins of society, like like protecting that kid is like kind of sweet. It's like one of the most human things you could have ever done. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's like one of the best humans out there. <laughs> that's it's a very, that's, that's a powerful moment. I, I think that's, that's like one of the more moving character. Dy- that's one of the strongest character dynamics in the movie. For me. I agree. I, I just like, again, it's a very small moment when, um when, when she announces that she's pregnant and then she exchanges that look with him at the table, you know, like, and just mm. like that little look of just like realizing they should have talked about it before. And like, and she's realizing, like, oh, this, I, I realize how this probably makes him feel. And it's it's an unsaid thing. Like, almost like our Godzilla conversation. I think this movie is best when, like, when it's just purely visual storytelling. Like, almost when no one's talking. You. Not not that, like, I was really sour on the script. And not that it doesn't have, like, any cool lines or anything. But um, it's, like, the montages and, and stuff like that. Again, because I think visually this thing is just, like, pretty spectacular. But, yeah, but Taraji B. Hansen's very, very good. She She's, like, the warmth she encompasses is, is is speaking of visual sport storytelling there is a moment where they're talking about how daisy broke her leg and it's like mm-hmm. a whole like if this didn't happen if this didn't happen if this there's didn't the magnolia happen. sequence yeah yeah that that was like a weird break in the film where like they were trying to do yeah. something a little different um and i yeah, appreciate he, it he's I just like, like hey, flexing like, the hey, muscle hey, yeah he's like let's just do it yeah like, that's like, a fincher that's a that's like a fincher special i feel like right yeah right mm-hmm. and so i appreciated that i mean Maybe that's what I mean by like. Yeah, it's pretty kinetic for like two minutes. Yeah, when you have a almost three hour film of like earnest sincerity, you know, th- there's some moments of maybe levity or you know, it's just something maybe a little bit different to just kind of like get your heart rate up a little bit or some something. You know, <laughs> I I don't know. Like I, it was a really I, inspired I that, way to yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like you could have just been like, oh, she broke her leg and he wanted to go visit her. And <laughs> no, like, yeah. You know, like, there's a yeah, and then what he decided not to do a cop out he decided to actually do that probably tell that in the most interesting way possible so yeah I yeah and, and i like the way that plays into the whole like because again so much this movie is so much about like you know trailblazing your own path and stuff like that but again but it's also yeah there are also some just like crazy things that are just like just gonna happen you know it's like things out of control are just gonna happen to you and it's a matter of like like sometimes it's making the best of it or maybe it, even if you think it disrupts your life it's like you like what, like what he says when 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 he was just like even if you didn't break your leg like i think we were both going to end up here you know and it's just I like, like that yeah. you can most be mad of, as a of, mad of dog. these things being being thrown at you or just like or just accepting that like it, it actually is just kind of setting you on a better path you know i guess like the one other thing that i that i wanted wanted to touch on how did how do we feel about the relationship how do we feel about the relationship between the the father character and him i didn't like it oh wow. i i i so like it, I understood the I, the idea of it was interesting, but yeah. I, what I felt was kind of a failure to me was so Benjamin Button is narrating. Um, mm-hmm. Benjamin Button is narrating the story of his birth, mm-hmm. a la Tristram Shandy, 
for the uh, classic literature readers out there. And um, so that's he he narrates the story of his birth, which means that he knows he knows that his father abandoned him. But like it, it felt like there there should have been a moment where like he's where like they hash that out. And I, it felt like it felt almost like like a missed opportunity for the movie. There was like a missing scene between them or something. And I understand the idea that like Benjamin Button, like kind of by nature is like very like forgiving and like kind of like willing mm-hmm. to let these things go. But like even even having it from the father's perspective, like the father maybe trying to like show like some kind of contrition and letting Benjamin Button forgive him, like that kind of catharsis, I feel like I feel like that that was like a missed missed opportunity for the movie. I, I feel like that, that the movie really could have benefited from that. I, I feel like it, I mean, because because I mean, he does kind of storm off because when he's just like, "I want to give you everything," he's just like, "Break you, dude." But like, but he does. I don't know because even when he like takes him takes him to go see that sunrise again, it's just this like unspoken like understanding and forgiveness. Yeah, that, there, that, there that, is that, some. That, there's I don't some, know, some, that some I sweet, but the sunset moment was. I, I I like it. I, I there, there are moments. It, it's it's good. It's like. Maybe a little underdeveloped, but I do. But you're you're right. It it does do, it yeah. does do something with that. It, it um, it's tough because mo- with a movie with again with a premise like this in a story is sprawling. It's like it's very easy for us to get to get like lost in the weeds of just like again all things it could have done. But but again, it's like this movie can only be so long. You know, it's like there are only so many things you can't explore. I do love that first time. meeting, that first meeting with him and his dad when he doesn't know it's his dad yet. Yeah, in the bar. Yeah, that's a great scene. That's yeah. that's one of the best scenes. Yeah, movie. and you're yeah, into the dad's face is is telling a lot for sure. At that point, right? I, 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 but I think uh, specifically, Chris, like I think what Mateo and I are saying is that I mean, it's not like what it could have been. It just felt undercooked. Like, it's, oh yeah, like, it, it's valid to be like this could have been stronger. Like, <laughs> you know, like, to be yeah, like, like that's just what we're saying. Yeah. Scene. yeah, oh no, t- totally valid, totally valid. I was just I was thinking about that. Um, and so, and so one thing, uh, before we get to this is why we play one, one thing I want to dive into is just, we were kind of talking about just like why, uh, d- just why this movie like, isn't really in like, this movie's kind of falling out of the zeitgeist and why it's not people are getting, people aren't dropping rewatches for this in, in, in 2023, right? Like it's just, or, or like the lack of yeah. clips on our Twitter timeline, like why aren't people revisiting this film as much? You know, why is it falling out of the discourse? Putting a, you know, a, a bow on that conversation. I, I, I know Mateo would disagree. I, I think it has less to do with quality because, again, like, because uh, in terms of general audiences, again, it's a very, I think this, this movie would resonate with a lot of people in terms of its sentimental, you know, for better and for worse, floors gumpy aspects. I, I think it just really mm. has to do with the fact that it's just a, it's a patiently paced, like, nearly three-hour drama that, like, maybe t- takes a little while to get off the ground for some people, you know? And, like, it's kind of inherently intimidating to revisit. It's like, again, I really like this film, but I know it's a really emotional, rich text. And like, again, it's like, it's a lot easier to revisit like a, like a super like zippy, like two hour social network or even like a panic room, you know, that's just like an hour 50 thriller. Like I, I, I really like this film, but I know in the next 10 years, there are movies that I don't find as good as this one that I will probably log more watches of because it's just easier to rewatch them. And I think, I think that's just what it would have felt victim to, you know? So that, that's, that's just kind of, you know, I, I kind of wanted to just like address that. No, I think you're right. I think the runtime is definitely intimidating. Yeah. yeah. And because there are um, like long movies that stick around the culture again, like The Godfather's three hours, but that's also like a rollicking crime film, you know, with like all, a lot of awesome yeah. set pieces. It, it, it's easier. Um, and, and also one thing is like in terms of like the Oscars, you know, uh, the Oscarsness of it all. I mean, yeah, it makes total sense that, like you said, that the Oscars ate something like this good up, like a big sweeping 
feel good epic led by two actors they love. It's like it, it's they're gonna uh, with, with like a very apparent craft on display. Like they're gonna eat it up. And also, and Mateo, you talked about how there were other directors and other writers kind of attached to this thing at one point. And I want to say again, I I enjoyed this film a lot, and like, and I don't want to mean this as a knock against film. You probably know where I'm going with this, but like, there was. There was another pairing. There were other people attached to this film that like made so much sense that it almost feels like that we're living in the wrong timeline. Because at one point, this movie was going to be, it was going to be directed, it was going to be Spike Jones directing a Charlie Kaufman oh, adaptation wow. of the story. And like, I like this Whoa. movie, but th- that version would be, that version would be in like my letterbox top four. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, that, is, <laughs> that, that, that sounds makes, incredible. That makes so so much sense like it's actually bonkers like that's so Can you up imagine alley. that's so up there alley i would i would i would kill to see that version but again i'm yeah. very, very happy with the version we have and there's also there's definitely like like a zemeckis version of this film too with like tom hanks as, as benjamin button and you might say it exists okay. it came out in 1994 it's called forrest gump but like but it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know you know um <laughs> And, and a couple, a couple miscellaneous things I loved. Um, I think uh, the score. We talked about like the, the kind of Magnolia esque scene of like, uh, of you know, all these things that fell into place for the scene to happen of Kate getting hit by the car. Um, uh, the film, the score also reminded me of, of John Bryan's Magnolia score. Like it, it plays for a lot of the movie, and I think it does. Like, I don't want to call it heavy lifting, but it, it's, it kind of has to put up like LeBron finals numbers in in, in this movie <laughs> at a lot of time. And um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a really great score. The, the, the CGI. Like and, and makeup work is pretty incredible. Like uh, again, it's like like I'm very. Uh, I mean, most, those are the things. Like it almost goes without saying, right? Like like it goes without the saying. Oscar which, but, like, but the again, Oscar it's, it's important to shine light on it, so we're not taking it for granted. And I will say, obviously, it's most apparent on on Brad's character. But I was watching. I was like, if I had no clue who Kate Blanchett was, like I might not know what Kate's actual age was when she was filming this this movie. Like she like. Uh. It's pretty spot. That's they, they do a great job aging her. Almost towards the end, it looks like she's a different actress. Like no, seriously. How good it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, so that being said, uh, let's let let let's dive into the uh, our, our this is why we play uh, moments for this film. Uh, are there any that you guys kind of have in the chamber, and you were like, or even you, Matilda, right? I did actually like this. Oh, I have one. I have one. I have one yeah. for sure. I think it's the date. I think it's let's the go. date when when he gets back uh, from World War II and they're meeting up. Let's or, go! Or wait, like, I love that. Now she's dancing. No, 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 no. He's, he's back from World War Two, and they're in New Orleans, and, and he is talking to her, and they're like catching up, and yes. she's just kind of talking a mile a minute, and yes. it just kind of like starts dissolving. The cross dissolves like, exactly between, between takes of her talking, and it's like you can just tell that like nothing is getting into his head, like it's just <laughs> all like one ear out the other, like. That was like a cool, like visual way to do that. Again, that's someone for me where Fincher's just like Editing flexing, flexing mu- muscles he he maybe hasn't elsewhere, and like that's just like that was perfect for me, and just so effective, and just like it just communicates it perfectly. Just yeah, good, I love good that. work. Good work. It's so yeah. beautiful. It's doubt. so beautiful. Yeah, and, and then and then yeah, like you said, said that that I think that leads into the like the dancing scene, and yeah, that I, I talk about like the wallpaper shots of the film that like wide where it's like her silhouette dancing and on that like gazebo kind of thing. That and, and she's just like, like using them with dancing. You know, it's I, yeah, no, I I'm fully with you that it's it's really really gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, just the moonlight and her silhouette in the moonlight doing her dances and just kind of talking like with a silk voice and almost yeah. you know seducing him. But he's yeah. like he's just enjoying watching her rather than listening. Kind of similar to what you're saying in the scene before, but I just yeah. maybe I don't know. I just found that really potent and really nice to 
there's that watch. disconnect, right? Like they're like that disconnect yeah. in that scene. I think it's, it's the so, age disconnect for sure. Right. Like yeah. I love the way that they explored that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really, really awesome scene. Um, Again, there are like, honestly, I, I kind of have a laundry list of just like little, little scenes and shots that I just absolutely loved, but um, again, can't get through all of them. But like I, one little, this isn't my answer, but one little scene I love is when he's being taught piano by that lady. And it's just such a like, Aww short quiet beautiful scene again it's just like this tiny moments and i love that line of when he says like it's funny how sometimes the people we remember the least make the greatest impression on us and that's just like oh it, it's again, that, that was like, a great line yeah it, it, it's just like it adds so much color that little relationship and stuff like that um again lo- love the, the love the like magnolia scene like really inspired way to to deliver that information you know lo- love the dance scene and just like uh the, the that dinner scene all those cross dissolves um I love the montage when they're like finally together and just like, Oh, that was really cute. It's just like, it's just, it's just like so joyful. And like, even if it is like sappy and corny, it's like so like earned by that point. It's just like, I don't know. It it was just really, 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 really touching to me. Uh, I I, I know I'm just like rattling off things I I like, but again, I I wanted at least just like kind kind of cover them. Another small moment, moment I like again, where it's like when the movie, leaves things unsaid it's kind of when it's at its best is when he's leaving and he's like putting the key next to the night scene and she wakes mm-hmm. up and they just look at each other and it's just unsaid and he leaves and kind of disappears into the shadow it's like i don't know it's just like that a little moment like that was just kind of like devastating to me and i think it's just like gifts uh, a, a brilliant actors and a director kind of executing something like that and just elevating it um but i think i think this is my this is why we play it probably is like i i, I, just, I just love the whole like hotel till till the swim stuff i think that is just yeah. like I think just like doing. Oh, that's like that's that. that's S tier. That's that's a top tier scene in the movie. Yeah, sure. just doing <laughs> stuff like that in the movie and just like it, like it's not even like necessarily like it's like moving the plot ball down the field that much. You know, it's just like it's this just movie doesn't so, need a plot ball. No, it exactly, doesn't need one. Exactly, it's just adding so much color and creating this like atmosphere that, that I'll just like, never forget. And there's like I mean, there's one shot where she's just standing in the elevator and her hat is like casting a shadow over her eyes and just like it's just so like. Uh, like a beautiful little bottle thing and then her final note boom just like it was it, it was very that very simple succinct final note she leaves him with just something like it was like a pleasure meeting you or something like that it was lovely lovely to get to know you and then and then that like payoff at the end of her swimming the channel it's just like we didn't need that payoff but i'm glad we got it so it's it's what i'm gonna remember the most from the film i think we salute we salute a queen it, it, it's a movie of, of, of the small moments and it's also intimidating to rewatch it kind of makes sense what it, it can get a little forgotten in a way you know so yeah. that being said let, let's try to if we can try to find a, a definitive statement to this movie put a period on the discourse what do you guys think I, i'll go first because i do think i have the most negative take but also maybe the the easiest to put into words sure yeah. so i guess like for me like if i wanted to to like come up with a take, I would just kind of place it in like film history, like with to me, it, it felt of a piece with kind of the Oscar dr- drama. And those movies like have strengths, but they 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 they're very formulaic. So I don't know. I I feel I struggle to recommend this movie to anybody who oh. is not like a Fincher completionist. Yeah. Or, oh, or I, somebody who just I, or somebody I, I, who I just know, loves I feel the opposite somebody who just loves like kind of like the way that this the way that movies if, if Forrest Gump is your bag like Curious Case <laughs> is gonna be like it's gonna blow your mind but like <laughs> it's, it's not like it, it's just like that 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 formula it just does not it just does not do it for me so I I struggle I, I struggle to, to to recommend this movie although I do 
I don't know. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm glad that I saw it because I feel like I definitely had like a million like preconceived notions about what this movie was and they were mm-hmm. all wrong for better or worse. Uh, interesting. Okay. So what are you thinking? Um, I think this movie is almost like it. You almost have to be in the right spot mentally to like really, truly appreciate mm-hmm. and watch it. I think maybe, you know, when you get older, maybe it, it you know, it touches a little bit better. Maybe young people right now don't have the patience for this film or don't have, they maybe just wouldn't appreciate it as much just due to its um, like abundance of sincerity. Like that, I can almost get cheeky and cheesy to a point. I, I, I think a film that wears its heart on its sleeve is going to get both praise and criticized for it. And that's just kind of the nature of the film. I think I disagree with the whole, like, I, like only recommending it to like like a Fincher completionist. I I think I'm on the uh, the opposite side of the spectrum. I think I would almost be most scared to like recommend this and be like, oh, you love Fincher, Benjamin Button. Like that's like I they might not know what 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 they're getting into in like in in that case. You know, like their their expectation might be elsewhere. Like I think I'm mean, again. I mean, a lot of people saw this movie. I think I don't know. I I think a lot of people. I think like general audiences like like I, I feel like it's like a casual moviegoer like would like. I'd almost feel more comfortable recommending it to them because I think like they would almost be approaching it with less cynicism than like someone who's maybe like really, really into film or like, or someone that is a Fincher head. Cause I think the themes and the, well, Oh, I'm not saying somebody who loves classic Fincher. I mean, somebody who a completionist as in somebody who literally wants to complete all of his movies. And, and I bump on that too. Cause I think it's at the minimum, I think the craft makes it worth watching it, But also I think it's just like, it's just the themes and the emotions of the film I think would resonate with just like the average person. I think, I think this movie kind of has something for everybody, you know, and, and a lot of, and, and just a kind of life sense. Again, it is like a, a, a patient drama, but it's like anyone who's even mildly on board with sincerity, I, I think could get a lot out, out of watching a movie like this. And so I guess like a final takeaway, I guess, in terms of like where it fits in within like film history, I think I, I, I kind of commend Fincher's bravery for making a film like this both because it's like because yes he is breaking outside of his comfort zone it's very easy to kind of stick for to stick to your bag and so I think it's cool when a a director tries to do something different um or even make something this ambitious like because again this is not not an easy film to shoot um but also wearing again wearing your heart on your sleeve and being this sincere is to this extent is like being so sincere and vulnerable in the film can like really blow back in your face and, and opens yourself up to a lot of criticism. And I know like, even for me, it can be so intimidating writing something like really earnest and heartfelt because I feel like it's just going to be judged more and like, it's all so much more can go wrong and so easy to be cringe. And so I think it's like to make something so again, just like, uh, again, something so comfortable in itself and, and so just shameless is, is, I don't know. I, I think it's worth commending and it's difficult to pull off. I think it's, it's much more of a mess in other, in other hands. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I think it's commendable that, that, that Fincher made this, but, but not just in a completion grade way, because I, th- I think it also looks gorgeous and is, I think has the capacity to really, really touch a, a lot of viewers and a lot of people. And like I said, like, I think it would like, uh, like, like a good edit of this movie could do numbers on like sentimental movie, TikTok, like n- no question, you know, like <laughs> I, 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 I truly believe that, but yeah. Um. And, and any we bought thoughts? a zoo. We bought a zoo. Fans. We I bought a zoo. This fans is, is better. Benjamin Bun's better than we bought a zoo. Gosh, dang it, this. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> we're, I can't, we're, we're not litigating this. Okay. Um, I'm still thinking about the Kaufman Spike Lee thing, though. That I will think about that, that the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Or Spike. Yeah. Jones. Spike, Spike Jones. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry, it's Mark Jones. I'm sorry. That's Mike Lee is Benjamin Button. <laughs> Denzel. We're, we can't. We're running out of time. I can't. I can't think about Denzel. Denzel probably could have done it. I'm, I'll, I'll say that much. I think he could have done it. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't stop thinking about this. Okay. Um, that being said, thank you all for listening this far. Hope you enjoyed this movie. And next week we will be covering uh, kind of uh, similarly similarly fits into this this uh, director's filmography. We'll, we will be watching Christopher Nolan's Insomnia. Let's mm-hmm. go. That's right. And if you're like, wait, Christopher, I will Nolan's be what? sleeping until that exactly. podcast. No, yeah. <laughs> no, to method pod we will we will not be sleeping until then sleepiest pod known to man okay thank you all and we will see you all next time